RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Sitting Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and as always, we are so happy that you are here to listen to this thing we call a podcast. And I made a mistake, and I'm going to fess up to it, and I'm going to get into the details of it. But if you listen to this podcast, and I hope you do, if you don't, you could could subscribe and get it miraculously dropped in your Dropbox. I still don't even know how that works, but you'll get it on Monday mornings. This one's a little late for uh, reasons that you just I'm going to be talking about. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I've been promoting uh, EC3 to be the last guest before Bound for Glory. And um, last week in promoting it, I made the mistake of saying that we're going to talk to EC3 about his time in TNA, his time in NXT, WWE, uh, and what's going on currently. Well, a couple of days ago, and I'm going to put this on Twitter after the podcast drops, I got this uh, direct message to me on Twitter. It says, David, I will not be doing any podcasts. I've destroyed my past. I have no desire to speak about it further. Everything is a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. That many copies he wrote. In wrestling, including podcasts, to live the mentality, hashtag control your narrative, one must actually control the narrative. Three. Mm-hmm. So I guess I shouldn't have promised that he was going to be talking about his past, because I guess when he says he's leaving his past behind, that is a shoot. And I respect that. I just didn't realize that. So for the time being, EC3 is not going to do mine or as he claims, any other podcasts. I hope he's consistent with that. And we will try to get him on to talk about his current situation without having to delve into any past. But at this point, I was not able to make that happen in time for this week. So if you are eager to hear from EC3, as was I, I do apologize. But never fear, ladies and gentlemen. We were able to get a guest very quickly And he is one of the more entertaining people behind the uh, curtains at Impact Wrestling. He is the X-Division champion, Rohit Raju. And uh, he does all kinds of impressions, wrestling impressions, and and, uh, and great guy to talk to. Uh, You know, it's funny. uh, You're getting to see a little bit about his promo ability in the last six months or so. But, um, you know, he he would hold court by – at least before Gallows and Anderson came in, he was holding court uh, backstage in the locker room. And um, he's just a funny guy. And so we're going to jump, have him jump on here just a few seconds and talk about his career. We'll have him do some of those impersonations and also talk about the six-way intergender match that he will be defending his X Division title in this coming Saturday night. At Bound for Glory on pay-per-view versus Chris Bay versus Jordan Grace versus TJP versus Trey Miguel versus Willie Mack. So, ladies and gentlemen, one more time, I apologize about the lack of EC3. We're working on that. I will post that direct message very soon. But in a pinch, I do appreciate this week's new guest, 
Rohit Raju, welcome to City Ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest this week is the current X Division champion for Impact Wrestling. And this Saturday night, he will be defending his title in a six-way intergender match. It will be Chris Bay, Jordan Grace, TJP, Trey Miguel, Willie Mack, and the X Division champion, Rohit Raju. Welcome to City Ringside, my friend. I appreciate it. Each and every one of them, unworthy of holding my title. Uh, I was going to ask you, but I, uh, at the end, but I'll, I'll just dive right into it. Who, who, which one are you most worried about? <sighs> Probably TJP because TJ has the most experience. Uh, he's the most cagey. He's the most gifted. He's the most, uh, you know, he's the veteran of the entire match. So he's he's been there. He's done that twice over. Everybody else is very hungry, you know, but they're greedy. That's what it is. My biggest thing is I don't understand how they have yet another opportunity. Okay, so Willie Mack won by countout. Okay, that's an opportunity. Won by countout. Okay, go do something else. Jordan Grace cheated pretty much while Willie Mack was distracting me, rolled me up, hooked tight. She won in a non-title match. Awesome. She she had to defeat Rohit Challenge. There's no bonus prize. That's it. That's your opportunity. You, you should, Great. You have bragging rights that you beat Rohit for a non-title match. Other than that, and the other three, they've already had their chance. Trey got number one contender. I beat him in seven seconds. I should be on guest commentary at BFG to sip in a rum and coke, calling the matches, having the night off. But no, management wants to just, they just, they have to do this to me. They just like, oh, bro, he, he's been, he's been too good as of late. We got to throw another roadblock in his way, but that's fine. That's fine. I've been plotting. I've been planning. I'll figure out a way to come out on top. I will. Don't worry about it. Well, you kind of caught Scott Demore in a crappy mood. He has a lot going on on his plate, so probably uh... he's always in a crappy mood every time he sees me. Every time I see him, there might be a Bro, reason hey. for that. There might be a reason. I don't know. I just, I, he should be happy. He should be proud of Rohit. Hey, you know, but you got, like, oh no, you got me all kinds of heat. People were hitting me up on Twitter after the whole Jordan Grace thing going. Uh, Why'd you announce, you know, why'd you announce that? She she beat him. And I'm, I'm saying, what do you want me to argue with the freaking referee? You want me to start an argument on national television, worldwide TV with the referee because I don't like his ruling. But you got me heat on that one. On the, Well, on I mean, it was obvious it wasn't for the belt. I didn't give the referee. It wasn't the obvious. He didn't hold up the title. It wasn't it was obvious to me. Clear. It wasn't well, obvious to hey, me. Hey, if you go back and watch it, it's obvious. And it's also obvious that Willie Mack, was on the outside interfering, and the referee didn't do anything but wave his finger at him and scold him while Jordan Grace had a handful of tights and rolled me up. Ridiculous. Hey, one thing that is obvious, my segue, Penzer, is that you uh, spent a lot of time on the indie circuit before getting an opportunity with Impact Wrestling. Um, talk to me. Who You debuted uh, in 2008, which is... Uh, you know, which is a while ago. You, some, one, one can call you a veteran. Um, where did you train, and uh, how did you get involved in the, the professional wrestling business? The funniest thing is that it took me forever to get involved in the professional wrestling business. I wanted to do it right when I got out of high school. Couldn't afford it. Started working a full-time job. The place where I wanted to go originally was doing it uh, Monday through Thursday, but that was two hours away from me. So by the time I got out of work, they would have been done training. Found a place locally that worked around my schedule. Uh, Xavier Justice, he's a local guy in Michigan, in Flint. I went there for six months, 
train. And then after that, I would go down to the House of Truth with Truth Martini. I would train with him just to get, you know, a little bit more experience and some pointers and a different blend of teaching. And then years later, a group of us got invited to go out to Can Am School out there in Windsor. And we went out there and we were just trained. And we were already like five, six, seven years in, I believe. But it, it, you always want to go someplace new. You know what I mean? You always sure. want to learn new things. You want to keep evolving. So we went out there and we started training with Scott Moore, Johnny Bravo, Johnny Devine, Roland, all those guys. And their knowledge is just, it's ridiculous. So it was really cool as I progressed. And now I inherited a school on Bay City, Michigan, recently just took that over. So I'll be passing on everything that I learned and my knowledge and my passion for this business uh, to a whole new generation, which I'm very excited for. Oh, that's cool. Definitely. Uh, definitely. If you if you have any um, uh, information on how to get in touch with you, we could uh, definitely get that in at the end of the, the chat. Um, yeah, yeah, we will. I know, I know you're uh, a huge wrestling fan. Uh, who were your favorites when, when you were a kid? What promotions did you watch? Were you a WWE guy, WWF, I guess, at the time, WCW guy, NWA, Everything. AWA? Um, Every, all yeah, the I was, yeah, I watched AWA on ESPN. Uh, I would watch, my favorite, I think, was NWA because it was more grounded. I just loved the grittiness of like the four horsemen. I hated the horsemen as a kid. Now I love them. But I hated the horsemen. I loved Dusty, the Road Warriors. Sting was my go-to guy. Of course, when with WWF, it was Hogan. I hated Macho until so Macho was a good guy. You know, I love Steamboat. Uh, but I love Macho Man right now. He's by far, he's not here about for a long time. You know, after getting into wrestling and just seeing things that work and don't work and the complete, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I feel like Macho Man was a complete package. And then there's also all the, all the other guys I grew up with. I loved the 90s Cruiserweight. To me, they, they, they really put, they helped kickstart the X Division. I had loved ECW with RBD and Fabu and those guys were doing. Um, of course, a huge fan, again, of Sting, but I loved the feud with Rock and Austin when that was hot. I loved all of that stuff. So, um, But my all-time is Macho. Macho Man's my favorite. I think he can, he can walk the walk, he can talk the talk. He was larger than life. He was always interesting. His matches were always great. To me, he was a complete package of what a professional wrestler should be. And I and try I, to emulate that, you know? Yeah, I'm in the minority on this. I know because we went. I uh, had this conversation on Twitter a couple times with uh, everybody, but um, I think that Randy Savage has the best entrance music of all time. I got. I used to get goosebumps at being in, able to introduce him to Pop and Circumstance. It was one actually one of the highlights of my career, believe it or not, uh, because as a as a kid watching. Randy's coming out to that song. I just thought it was such a cool entrance. And and, uh, and so I was, was a fan of the music. What do you think is the coolest entrance music ever? That's a tough call. Um, I mean, hearing the glass break. Yeah, a lot of people say that. Always a huge thing. Uh, rock, obviously. You know, you sure. hear that. It's just smell. That was huge. Players music. You know, the um, I forgot the name of it, but I remember it was from like Space Odyssey. Uh, Flair's music, obviously, that's huge. Savage, um, All American, you know, Hogan. Uh, I was a fan of when the Road Warriors would come out to. I was going to say that. You know, the, the, the Iron, Man. Iron Man, yeah, or even just uh, Water Rush. I was a huge fan of that. 
Asian style TNA music for the longest time. I I can never get that out of my head. I loved it. <laughs> and then when I found out that Jimmy Hart was singing it, that blew me away even more. But man, I, I remember that watching the pay per views on Wednesday, and you hear that you're like, oh god, here comes AJ. You know, X Division title match. I'm just flipping out about it. One of these days, we're going to get Jimmy Hart on the podcast and talk exclusively about his. I, 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 you know, he's talked wrestling a zillion times. But one of the one of these days, we're going to get him on and talk about all the entrance music that he's written and performed on. Uh, Sexy boy, uh, my 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 son when he was young, because uh, Jimmy used to come here to the house in Tampa. Uh, we were very close, and um, me and Jimmy still are. Uh, my son when he was a kid wanted to go to a. a, a uh, WWE show and put and hold up a sign saying every time sexy boy plays Mr. Jimmy gets money or something like that just because <laughs> he gets that royalty check yeah he didn't even know what a royalty was though he just thought it was cool that that Jimmy wrote that but um but we're getting off topic which I often do on this podcast as most people hey man we're just, we're just spitballing here I love yeah, it exactly um did you ever get frustrated on the indies that you know this or <laughs> I don't know how to say this. I don't want to be condescending, but it has to get frustrating at times, um, you know, to never take that next step. Um, did you ever think about hanging it up or is it just something you were like, I'm just going to keep doing it and doing it and let and see what happens. Definitely frustration. I I've been, I, I still get frustrated at times, even though I'm like in the best spot in my career, I still get frustrated because I feel like my style of wrestling doesn't necessarily, it's not over anymore. You know what I mean? I'm more character driven where I can go in the ring. I can do all the cool stuff, which I, I enjoy doing. I can work. I mean, my, my matches with Trey Miguel have definitely on, on impact have shown that but I'm only, I'm a fan of the character. I'm a fan of the promo. And I feel like that isn't what's hot anymore. So when I, and then when I see people cut, like I would say a subpar promo and these fans just jump on the bandwagon. I'm like, because like preconditioned to cheer it or whatever, because that's what's popular and, and it drives me insane. But then maybe I'm out of touch. Who knows? You know. But yeah, I'm. I, I was. I was very disappointed with the start stop of the the Daisy Hit Squad. Uh, I was very frustrated with just the lack of growing or getting the recognition. It sucks, man. When you know your worth and you know what you can do. And you just want the ball so you can run with it. And no one ever gives you the ball. It's so frustrating, especially when you're so hungry like I have been. Uh, when we did the media call the other day, someone had kind of asked me that. And I said, it's, it's, I'm like a lion behind the cage door. And I'm, I have all this energy and my I'm just bumping my head against this door trying to get out. Well, finally, Impact opened the door and now I'm sprinting. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to go. So even though I'm X division champion right now, some people are like, oh, now I can breathe. No, that turns my fire and what used to be like a campfire down to a volcano. Cause now I want to do even better and be the best X division champion and the most different than everybody else. So that's why I like wearing the outlandish shirts. That's why I love cutting the promos. The character is different. You know what I mean? I'm like very weaselly. It's a character. And people hate it. They either appreciate it or they absolutely hate it. So I know I'm doing something correctly. And, and that's what I want, man. I want to be different. I, and I, I still want to go in there and work and put on great matches. 
but I want to give you a moment. You know, I want you to remember the things I say, remember the promos I cut, remember the faces I make. And so, yeah, it, going back to originally what you were saying, it, it, it's driven me. It, it, it continues to drive me, but um, it also does frustrate me. It's bittersweet. Yeah, the promo, you mentioned the promos and you cut a heck of a promo. And I think it even surprised some people in, in management uh, when they gave you the mic and let you start talking that you uh, were so fluid on it. Um, is that something that comes naturally? Did you practice? Uh, or Most of the time when somebody's good on promos, it's just something that comes naturally. But I just thought I'd ask you if uh, if that's the case. It's funny. Uh, someone asked me the same question yesterday. And to me, it does come naturally now, but it comes naturally to me because as a kid, I was always, I would always imitate the wrestlers and cut the promos, how they would cut it. And then I would literally do that. Like in class, I would do it. And I would do it after wrestling shows. We would walk to the back where the wrestlers would come out and I would be sitting there cutting a promo on whoever came out. And then I, 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 and eventually I just tuned it to myself cutting a promo and I walk around my house every single day when I'm driving long drives to a show, I cut promos. And I also used to like freestyle rap when I was in high school. So, and that a lot, that helps a lot too. I can't sure. freestyle rap at all anymore, but, but I can cut a promo off the top of my head. It's because I always have bullet points in my head and I know the story I want to tell. So now it just, it does come naturally. And that was what I wanted. I, I was so happy. They finally gave me a microphone because I know I can cut a better promo than the majority of people on the roster because that's my bread and butter. That's like what I want to do. I want to be able to be that character because that's what I remember as a kid from professional wrestling. The matches were great, but it was the way they talked you into the building. It was the way they talked you into the match. It was all the segments leading up to that. To me, those are the moments that made the match that much more special and that's what I want to recreate because I do feel that that is lost in today's climate of professional wrestling. No, I agree with you. It is a lost art for sure, especially in some promotions where everything is, you know, a hundred percent written for them. But, um, it's nice to see uh, the promo making a little bit of a comeback with, uh, you know, promotions like impact that, you know, kind of give you uh, bullet points and let you, you know, say what you want to say and how you want to say it. So I feel yeah, like, I, it, it. I feel like it's coming back. Um, you mentioned, uh, I want to get more into this, uh, you know, uh, you getting a push, how much of that originally, you know, your push started with the losing streak. But but real quick, talk to me about, you mentioned Desi Hit Squad. Talk to me about working with Gama Singh. He's considered a legend in a lot of places. And um, did uh, just wondering uh, if you learned from him, um, how that went. Gama's amazing. People don't realize how great Gama is. And... Uh, it's funny because he goes out there and he cuts these promos. People don't see it because it's always off camera. And he would get such tremendous heat. Like he would have the crowd eating out of the palm of his hand. And he was he was just doing old school stuff. You know, he was just recy- recycling stuff he did back in the 70s and 80s. And it was so great to see it because I'm such a fan of it. And I would just sit there and talk to him and ask him about Calgary. I would ask him about Stampede. I love, you know, you see Don and Don's such a huge figurehead, obviously in the company and he's one of the the top bosses, but then you see him around Gamma and he still respects Gamma. You know what I mean? Because he was a young boy when Gamma was on top and Gamma was, so he still looks up to Gamma and I'll sit there and listen to these guys joke 
and tell stories. And to me, the history of professional wrestling is something I'm a huge fan of. So being able to talk to him and listen to him and, you know, besides getting slapped in the face by him, <laughs> which everyone seemed to love, but uh, him outside the ring, he's just a very kind, calm individual. And it's very fun to just talk to him and listen to just sit under the learning tree, so to speak, and listen to what sure. he has to say. I love that. He's very underrated. In my opinion, he's very underappreciated. He's a diamond that people don't even realize shine. That's interesting. Cause I, I never got to hear that stuff. And, and I'm assuming like uh, just for the house, uh, he would, he would cut a promo just to get you guys heat. I never got to yeah. hear that. Cause uh uh, they, I, I don't know if he's still with the company and it's just a Canada thing with the pandemic or I'm not sure what the situation is, but, uh, he hasn't been around. So, uh, so I haven't gotten, I, I, I hope they bring him, uh, bring him around. I'd love to sit and chat with him. He's one of the, the vet, the vets that I never actually got to meet. So, uh, that'd be a cool experience. Um, so when I came in, uh, earlier this year, they, you were doing a, a losing streak type thing, getting frustrated, um, again, how much of that was storyline and how much of that was, was real life? And, and, and was there sort of like a, a time, a, a place or a, a moment where you felt like they sort of, it sort of came together from a real life frustration to something that they were going to work in and maybe get behind you a little bit. I didn't know what was going on. I was told in Atlanta that they were going to go a different direction with me. And on the Indies, I kind of do a different character where it's a very bitter, angry, jealous setup character where he has this huge chip on his shoulder and he's very angry during his promos. And when the first time they gave me the mic, that's the promo I was cutting. So I was like, cool, they're letting me do this. They're letting me take my indie stuff and putting it on an impact. And then the following tapings, it was right back to the drawing board. I was like, well, where are you going with this? They're you know, giving me something and they took it away. And I remember I had cut the promo with Moose. And at the end, he goes, oh, man, bottom of the barrel. They're like, hey, stay bottom of the barrel. And I, and I remember I stopped. I said, where is this going? I said, what are you guys doing with me? Because I, I felt like they're, oh, they're just going to bury me. Like, oh, those plans have changed. Now I'm put on the back burner again. And I'm getting frustrated. I was like, man, everything they gave me, I've been trying to take advantage of it. But you, you try to handle it professionally. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not trying to. I wouldn't cause a stink backstage or throw sure, a, a, just frustrating. a temper tantrum or be a, a, you know, a diva about it. I was still trying to keep faith and be patient, but man, I was getting frustrated. And next thing I know, boom, X division run. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even, I thought it was a rip when I first heard about it. I was like, this isn't real. It's going to change. And it wasn't until I hit the one, two, three, and I had that belt in my hand <laughs> And the ref raised my hand. I was like, this is real. It is. It did happen. And that was genuine emotion. You know, it felt amazing because it was, I wasn't one of those guys that came into the company with fanfare. You know, I didn't have a custom Tron. I didn't have hype videos. I didn't have any of that. I was just, hey, this guy won the gut check and we'll put him on here. But I was still low on the totem pole. And then when they brought in the hit squad, we had a little bit of momentum, and then it stopped. And we have a little bit of momentum, then it stopped. And it, it came to the point, like, where there was really, there was nothing, there was no appeal to us anymore. So I was like, man, where is it going? And, it, you know, just the hard work and the perseverance and just being, and my, I think, professional and handling everything they gave me and excelling at it, 
they were seeing it and they were paying attention and they're like, okay, cool. Here it is. Let's, let's give him the ball and see what he can do with it. And I was waiting for it. Like I said earlier, man. So it honestly, it, it, I, like I said, it was unreal to me. I didn't even think it was going to happen. And when it did, it just, it feels so good. I can't explain how great it feels, but I want to make sure this isn't a one-off. I want to make sure I do so well that when it comes to the future, like, okay, let's go back to Rohit because that's what I want. You know what I mean? I want to be somebody an impact. I want to be a main, a, a main player. And I want it to, I want it to stay that way. I don't want to go back down to the, the trenches and, and, and the, at the bottom, I want to be a main guy. And I'm hoping this run right now turns some heads and they're like, okay, let's, let's keep seeing what he can do. Cause that's what I'm working towards. Well, I don't know what they have planned for the future. I don't know what, what what's going to happen, but I know they know you could you could cut a promo. That's for sure. Um, you talked about real emotion when you won the title. I saw. We'll get into the impact locker room in a moment. Um, but um, I saw the locker room gave you a standing ovation when you came through the curtain. How, how, how already being emotional? How how good could, must that have felt? It was one of the best moments in my life because. Uh, you know, I walked back there and Bravo, I've known Bravo for quite some time. We both broke into impact around the same time. And we never thought either of us would get as far as we are now. You know what I mean? We always worked towards it, but we never really thought it was going to be that. So he was the first person back there, gave me a hug. And then I saw Sammy had the camera. And then when I walked back there, everybody was there. And I immediately had to put my head down because I thought I was going to cry. And it just felt so good. It honestly felt it was one of the best feelings I ever had because it's your peers and it's a locker room full of people that know how hard you work coming up to you saying like, you deserve this, you deserve this, you deserve this. And then when I actually won it, people that weren't even with the company anymore or that I hadn't seen in a while were reaching out to me saying, man, it's about time. I'm so glad they did something with you with this, that, and the other. And man, that's such a good feeling because even though like the fans, sometimes they don't get it, and that's okay, you know what I mean? Or, or they don't latch on to you, and that's fine. But when your peers, especially ones that are, like, really higher up, that are on top of the mountain, and they tell you these things, man, that's a great feeling. That's a great feeling because you know you're doing, you're putting in that work, and that hard work is getting noticed. And, man, it feels so good. I can't, I can't even explain it. I remember when that happened, it was a blur because it, it didn't feel real. It honestly didn't feel real, but every time I go back and I look at it, such an amazing feeling, and it's something I'll never forget. That's awesome. I I, I guess if you could say there was one bittersweet part about uh, you getting this run is there's no fans out there to react to you. How difficult is that, especially now that you're you know that you you have a, a character that's being established and and making you kind of like what they call in the old days a chicken shit heel kind of. How, how frustrating is that with no fans? Are you just happy? For, are you just happy for the opportunity? I'm just happy for the opportunity. I'm used to right now working with no fans. Uh, I get cussed out almost every Tuesday on Twitter anyway, so I know that heat's legit. So, uh, especially after the stuff of Jordan, man, people were like, I hate you. And I'm I told like, you Ugh. they were hot at me. Like, what do you want me to yeah, do? Yeah, it's, it's great because, I mean, that's, to me, that's it. That's, it. that's what you want yeah, as a bad exactly. guy. You want that as a heel. You know what I mean? That's what I want. Like, yeah, hate me because that's what I want. I want to elicit that emotion from you. If I'm getting that emotion, Ooh, 
okay, I know what I'm doing right, and I know what I need to continue to do to piss you off, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. That's I love that stuff, man. Because I remember as a kid, I remember when they jumped Dusty. Oh, I hated them. You know what I mean? I couldn't stand them, and and that's the type, that's the type of emotion I want. I want that real emotion from these people that and they can't stand me because the lines are blurred there for a minute, and they know they know the score, but there's something that I'm doing that they really hate, and I I love that. I mean, it means like, hey, I'm doing the right thing, and I'm getting the right type of. Uh, so we've talked about this before, but not on this platform. Um, you do something that I've always wished I could do. And I flat out can't even do a Dusty Rhodes one. And everybody in this business does a Dusty Rhodes impression. Um, I can't do impression. So I thought I'd if, you know throw out a couple names and see if uh, you could do about 20, 30 second promo of, uh, say, uh, let's say, here, let's start with your favorite, Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, I'm talking to these right now, yeah. Time, time is of the essence, and that's what we're talking about, uh-huh. If you're talking about, yeah, you're going to be talking about the Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah. You said my theme was your favorite, so it should be your favorite, yeah. You heard it first from the X-Division champion, you know, Macho Man, greatest of all time, uh-huh. We need to have a macho off between you and Jay Lethal one of these days. How about, how about Yo, I would love it. Love it. I, I, when we were going to do the one thing down at, uh, before COVID hit, I was trying to get them. We were going to do the show down in Florida. They didn't have anything for me. I said, why don't you just have me come down there and I'll be the brown machismo one day. Yeah. You can't get the black machismo back. You have the brown machismo <laughs> and I'll come out full regalia and, uh, just let me do that. And they kind of, they kind of laughed about it, but I could see the wheels turning. So yeah, I would love that. I love uh, I love Jay Lethal. I had a chance when I was getting into this business to uh, sit under his learning tree, and uh, that dude's amazing. So yeah, that'd be awesome. So how about a little Dusty Rhodes? Oh, Danny, where do we begin? Let's talk about it. The soliloquies we're talking about with Dave Tenza. I'm here, Megan, Jim, Dusty Rhodes. If you feel me, we talked about it one time. Podcast. We go way back and daddy, don't you owe me a little bit of trans from back in the day? I think you do, daddy. <laughs> it's time for the American dream to collect, if you will. Give us a little stone cold. Well, goddamn, kid, you talk about podcasts. There's only one other podcast that Stone Cold's listen to, and that's Dave Pender. And if you got a problem with that, eh, eh, I'll drop you on that stack of dimes you call a neck because that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. God, I wish I could do impressions. Let's finish up yeah. with the Hulkster. You know something mean, Shane. The Hulkamaniacs are all listening to Dave Pender. And, of course, the power, the feeling, the 24-inch pythons, brother. I love it. You should say Dusty and Macho for last. Those are my best. Ah, uh, sorry. No, Kogan was good. Um, but yeah, Macho, Macho's off the charts. So uh, we, we need to have a Macho off. We need to have a Macho off between you and Jay Lethal for sure. Get him on the line, I think he's in a bubble right now, actually. So I don't think he could be on the phone, but I don't know what the rules are. Whoa, whoa, you know what I mean? <laughs> if you want to talk to me, I'm going to be the man. <laughs> That's one of my favorite uh, promos of all time. I'll probably watch that yeah. once a month after a couple of drinks because Flair actually. 
I, we talked about it with Jay a couple of about a month or two ago on this podcast. Um, he actually pulled out a line that Flair had forgotten he had said. And if you watch that promo and, and Jay talked about it, uh, you'll see that he goes, you could see Flair like popping for the for, for him. I mean, you know, he like broke character for a minute because he was so impressed. And uh, then they had the woo off and, you know, uh, well, that's that was great stuff, and I, I watched that on a dude. That, that is phenomenal TV right there. Absolutely great TV, and uh, it's funny. I have random friends or fans send me that. It's like, like I haven't seen it. You know what I mean? But they'll send me that a lot. I'm like, man, this is. I'm so glad they're experiencing it or seeing it because it's it's in me. In my opinion, it's very underrated. Like it should be well known throughout the wrestling world. And even beyond that, if you're a fan of Ric Flair, period, you have to watch the interaction between him and Jay Lethal. It's just money, yeah. absolute money. I was actually there live and got to experience it live. And, uh, but uh, yeah, that's something that'll always be on my playlist. I guess they call it. Hey, uh, appreciate your time. Um, looking forward to seeing you in Nashville. Uh, Six way intergender match. Rohit Raju, the X division champion, versus Chris Bay versus Jordan Grace versus DJP versus Trey Miguel versus Willie Max should be interesting. And uh, looking forward to bound for glory this coming Saturday on pay-per-view. Hey, give a shout out where fans could follow you on uh, social media and maybe uh, find out about your school. Once you get it open, you can find me at Twitter. That's at Hakeem Zane. That's H A K I M Z A N E. Uh, you can find me on the good old Instagram. That's Raju Zane 80 and my Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Raju Zane 80. That's where you can contact me about information about my school. If you think you got what it takes and you want to get in the ring, hit those ropes, take those bumps and become a professional wrestler. Well, there's no better place to learn from than the current reigning, defending impact wrestling X division champion, the mocha skin manimal himself. Ravishing Rohit Raju. Fantastic. I mean this uh, from the bottom of my heart. You're one of the good guys. So uh, thanks for coming on, and I look forward to uh, for seeing you at Bound for Glory this coming Saturday night. Thank you. Love that guy. If you are looking into uh, getting trained, especially if you live up in that Detroit, uh, Windsor area, uh be sure to check out uh, Rohit Raju and his uh, wrestling school. Great guy. Been in the business 20 years. A lot of guys could have given up and said, you know what? Forget about it. I'm moving on. He has a passion for the business. He uh, is a great promo and a great guy. And uh, like I said, one of the good ones. And so be sure to check that out. Also, be sure to check out Bound for Glory this coming Saturday night. Getting ready to go to Nashville, Tennessee. It's going to be cool in Nashville going to be like in the 40s holy crap it's still 70s and 80s in tampa so i don't crazy stuff i forgot it was october almost november already time flies when you're having fun uh ladies and gentlemen if you want to follow me on twitter and you can see the ec3 message that we alluded to earlier um you can follow me at david penzer all one word at david penzer all one word if for some crazy reason you would like a City Ringside logo T-shirt. You can go to Pro Wrestling Tees backslash David Penzer, ProWrestlingTees.com backslash David Penzer, and we've sold a couple. It was a if, – if you're new to the program, it was an experiment to see who cared, and a few people do. And if you do, uh, you could purchase one of those 
it's kind of a cool logo with the microphone and the light shining on it uh, in the wrestling ring. So um, you could go to prowrestlingtees.com backslash David Penzer. And if you do not subscribe to this podcast, be sure to do so, whatever platform, and leave a uh, uh, leave a positive or negative review, hopefully positive. I don't think we've had any negative reviews. One guy that says I say uh, a lot, which is absolutely a thousand percent true. So it is what it is. I, I do say that a lot. But other than that, it's been good stuff. Uh, coming up in the next few weeks, we're going to talk to Mr. Hughes. We're also going to talk to Mark Jindrak. I saw Mark Jindrak a couple of weeks ago. I hadn't seen Mark Jindrak, you know, in, in this business with the, the wrestling conventions and the indie shows, you know, usually, you know, people uh, pass cross uh, if they're in the business. And uh, I had not seen Mark Jindrak since the last Nitro in Panama City. And so he's going to come on and tell us what he's been doing. So uh, Teddy Long, also WWE Hall of Famer coming up. So lots of good stuff. And uh, we're looking to get Colt Cabana on. As promised, AEW is working on that. Uh, if you remember correctly, uh, we had a scheduling conflict with him and Evil Uno jumped on, which ended up to be a fascinating discussion. So uh, working to get Colt Cabana on as well. So we're going to end 2020. Some say it's a horrible year. And yeah, it's been a horrible year in a lot of ways. Uh, but I got to tell you, man. Rays are going to the World Series. If they win, knock on wood. I can't say that it would be a horrible year if they win the World Series. Um, you know, I got a job back in the wrestling business with Impact Wrestling, and I can't say that's something that I don't cherish. So while 2020 has been a crazy year, um, going to end 2020 with some great guests. And then hopefully in 2021, we will see you back in arenas, live wrestling, in front of fans. We could go to concerts. We could do all sorts of things. And that is my New Year's resolution. I'm stooging myself off. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, lots of great stuff coming up. Be sure to subscribe. Follow me at David Penzer on Twitter. And until next week, this is David Penzer, still City Ringside. Thanks for joining us. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. Everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.